Hello, everybody. Welcome to Pesto Pete's Podcast. I'm your host, Pesto Pete, and I'm here with my illustrious co-host, Thirsty Mofo. Hello, Thirsty. Hey, Pete. How are you tonight? I'm having the time of my life. Thank you for asking. I'm, I'm very excited, not only to have you here, but for you to share in the, the splendor of episode 10. Imagine that, huh? Wow. Crazy. Crazy. Ten, crazy. Double digits, right? Someday we'll be like Joe Rogan and his sidekicks. <laughs> and people said you couldn't make it past five. <laughs> what do they know? Yeah, what do, they, them. what do they know about podcasting? <laughs> they know about us. But uh, actually, we're kind of on number 11 because eight got split um, due to a bathroom break. And uh, I hit stop instead of pause. But that's just me not being a sound engineer. So, so anyway wanted to thank you for joining me tonight. We've got an exciting weekend planned. We sure and, do. Uh, but I also first wanted to start out by recognizing sponsors and do not let me forget to talk about Tony Casino. So I want to recognize Quiet Cat, e-bikes or electric bikes, great pieces of equipment built for the outdoorsmen, outdoors women, hunting, fishing, getting into the back country with, a, with very little impact on the uh, environment. Check them out at quietcat.com at Q-U-I-E-T-K-A-T. Dot com. Follow them on, on Instagram, too. They've got some great photos posted on Instagram, some really, really cool photos. And uh, some of them are come from their own staff. Some of them come from folks who have bought the bikes and have experience in the thrill. But uh, really cool stuff. And if you use the promotion code of PO, like post office, 20, number 20, and the percent symbol, you get 20% off any bike. So check them out. they got great Great uh, bikes, great accessories, uh, good story. They're out in uh, they're out in Eagle, Colorado. Really nice company. Uh, know a couple people working for them, and and they've been a good sponsor. So um, look them up. Uh, second thing I wanted to talk about, and it kind of relates to Quiet Cat because I have some Quiet Cat swag that I'm going to ultimately give away to a loyal listener at some point. Got some T-shirts, and I've got some some bottle openers and things like that, koozies. Ooh. Um, Ooh. Beyond that, one of my customers, Tony Casino, good good guy. Uh, good friend, he uh, called me one day and said, hey, when are you going to be back in the Boston? I, I got something for you. And he had been a first and second and third podcast listener. And uh, I saw him come, oddly enough, tomorrow. So I swung in to see him at, at the account he's, he's uh, operating. And he handed me 10 or 12 Pesto Pete podcast t-shirts he had made for me. So I've been remiss at mentioning that until today. And, and I feel badly about that because it was a an unbelievable gesture, really, really nice, uh, a nice friend to do something like that. So I've got some Pesto Pete shirts. I've got some Quiet Cat shirts and some other swag. So so uh, keep an eye on Instagram at Pesto Pete Podcast on Instagram, and I'll, uh, I'll be presenting that to a uh, loyal listener. We're going to put a question on Instagram and see who answers, and, and we'll follow it up through Gmail. Speaking of Gmail, Pesto Pete's Podcast on on Gmail, send in questions, send in comments, anything you like. Follow me. Uh, obviously, you're following now. Don't forget to hit the, the far most right star, which gives us a good rating. So uh, so I can stay on Spotify and and Google and Apple and all the other uh, popular podcast sites. So so again, thanks for listening tonight. Episode 10. Um, like I mentioned in the, in the beginning, um, we've got an interesting uh, weekend coming up that starts in in a, uh, in, I don't know, 10 hours or so. I think it already started because uh, <laughs> the packing of the car has begun. Um, <clears throat> getting out the sleeping bags, getting out all that stuff as uh, camping gear, cooking, cooking, cookware, all that good stuff. Throwing the trailer thingy on, whatever you call the trailer shelf. <sighs> and what's weird, what's so funny, you just pulled in to put that on, and I looked in the back of your truck, and I'm like, I don't think there's room for my stuff. And how long are you going for? Was it two whole days? Yeah, exactly. And it's it's just amazing how much stuff you got to pack. But we are heading to uh, to New Hampshire. I guess central New Hampshire, right? Yeah. Yeah, central, northern little, central New Hampshire. Yeah, a little north, uh, on the west side of the state, kind of yep. uh, out near Vermont. Right. Not too far from White River Junction, Vermont. Yeah. Uh, Hanover, New Hampshire, that area. Right. And we've talked about it in, in past podcasts. It's a friend of yours from high school, Johnny Dean, has a camp out there. It's off the grid, no electricity, no plumbing. Um, the final or last remaining structure from a Mennonite village 
if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. And it was a village of, I don't know how many, and I'd love to look it up. But his family's owned it since the 40s, 1940s, probably built 100 years before that, probably the 1850s or so. And the coolest part about it is it's the last remaining structure, but there was a church, there was a school, um, there were other homesteads. And we've discovered some of that just by chance. And for the listeners, when you when you're walking on a trail, there's a great example of don't be hyper focused with blinders on looking at the trail. Kind of walk around a little bit. And we did that one day, maybe ten years ago, eight years ago. We walked into the woods. And we find a, one of the former homesteads. Yeah, the foundation of it was all um, hand carved granite foundation and stone, and it was amazing. Amazing. And just shake your head and wonder how people built stuff like that back then. How they dragged those chunks of granite, well, obviously by oxen or draft horses, because some of them are 10 feet long, a foot thick, three feet wide. Those things are going to weigh a ton. Yeah, sure thing. And we, we had some uh, delusions that we were going to take a piece of granite and we were going to build the fire pit out of it. And uh, I don't think... Uh, uh, and we were going to slide it on ice. Right, on the snow, and, yeah, and, and, on a sled. And we couldn't even uh, drag that with a truck. No, unbelievable. So. I think, you know, what's really neat, when you look at the with the foundations, you see the, the original foundation, and you can see how they probably had more kids, so they built a secondary foundation, maybe a root cellar. But even more amazing are the hitching posts are still out front. Yeah. You know, the you can see the uh, the, the, the you know upright granite with, a, with the iron ring. Where they actually, where they actually attach, affix their horses or whatever, just really cool stuff. So we're heading up there tomorrow morning. Yeah, it's, you know what else is really cool is uh, I've been going up there since, you know, middle school, high school, and uh, there were old trucks and cars and vehicles from the fifties that were just abandoned there, forties right. and fifties, and uh, I've you've witnessed that, and you we, you and I both have witnessed that the stuff has just rusted away. Uh, yeah. To, Completely nothing left of it, and, except uh, except an oil. It's up there somewhere. The oil pressure gauge from one of them. We found yeah, that there was an oil it's, pressure gauge out of an old truck that was there was nothing left of it. It was just uh, rubble on the ground by the by the stream. Yeah, and now it's I wouldn't call it forest, but it's forested. Yeah, and, and it's you, amazing to think that at one point you could actually get a truck in there. Yeah, exactly. Because it's like, how did anyone get a truck in here? Right. Because it's all trees and. But at one point there was a road there, which mm. is really amazing. Yeah, it is, and and even remember we last I think it was last year the year before we went down and we saw that where the stream comes by that guy had built a I beam bridge mm-hmm. with the fencing on it. Yeah, and it was totally bent from oh. the remember from the strength of the spring thaw. Oh yeah, it was those I beams which you couldn't bend if you knew how were bent from the pressure of water. They just totally bowed in. Yeah, that was um. Uh, those were like I-beam girders. That girders. You would build a, a steel building with. Right. And someone used them as um, part of a bridge. And uh, you could see where a tree had fallen and the force of the water had pushed that against it to the point where it bent it. Yeah. Substantially. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty neat. It was pretty neat to see that. And we, we it was funny because we were going to, hey, look at a bridge. And then we got to the bridge and it was bent. Like, holy shit, look at yeah. this. You know, how the power of water. It's incredible. But um, so we're heading up there tomorrow. We got some projects to do on um, on Friday. We've got a, some work on the cabin. I mean, there's some things that need to get done. I fixed the well pump. That's uh, that's key because uh, no running water. So there's a well pump inside. Makes it uh, really handy to get water and to uh, brush your teeth. <laughs> and brush your teeth and some other things. And but we're also um, kind of we're gonna get this propane shower thing going, which would be kind of neat. Yeah, camping shower. Uh, John found online and. Uh, uh, we're gonna rig up a little shower. Yeah, it's a it's a whole new that's a whole new dimension to the camp. That'll be a creature comfort, <laughs> un, an unexpected creature comfort, you know. And then I had the brilliant idea. We're well, probably gonna have some downtime, so I purchased myself a small game license today. So I have been jonesing with all these podcasts I listen to, and I've listened to some squirrel hunters. Um, we used to hunt squirrels back in the day, back in college, and we'd always give them to this guy. We we hunted near this sand pit. Yeah, a little cabin there. It was kind of really, I mean, it's poverty, you know. And not that we ran into poverty much like that. But this guy lived in this little shack. And we would pull up and we'd leave the squirrels on his porch. And as we were driving away, he'd come out of the, you'd see the door open. He'd give us a wave and, and he'd pick the squirrels up and probably had a fine dinner. But I've been jonesing 
to cook and eat a squirrel. So I decided in our downtime, I'm going to bring a couple of 22s up there and I'm going to do me some squirrel hunting. <laughs> and I've got, I've already packed the flour with some old bay seasoning. I've got vegetable oil and uh, I'm ready to, uh, to try out some squirrel. So what so, do you, what do you use for ammunition with that? There's a 22. Oh, an actual bullet. Yeah. Not, yeah. Not, not a not shotgun. Like a shell. No, I don't want, I don't want to use a shotgun because it can, I mean, you could use a 410 or a 20. But still, you pepper the. I mean, they don't. They're not. They're not that big, right? You know, and you don't want to, especially if it's close contact. You know, you, you, close range. You don't want to. You don't want to. You know, blow it apart. So yeah. it's gonna be twenty twos and probably headshots, and <laughs> we're gonna just dine on nice, tasty, plump squirrels. Well, it sounds like it's gonna be a bad day for the squirrels tomorrow <laughs> if I see any. <laughs> so, so besides, uh, you know. Scrounging up some dinner. <laughs> scrounging. Uh, There's no scrounging. I'm hunting up dinner. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, hunting. scrounging would be grubs and stuff. I'm well, hunting. Uh, hunt, hunter gatherer. So you're on the hunter side. Right. You're gonna be gathering. Yeah, I'll something. be the gatherer guy. Gather um, beers out of the cooler. <laughs> yeah. So aside from that, we'll be uh, playing a little golf. Gonna work in a little golf in this. How many coming up tomorrow? Um, we get two more. I don't know if you saw that email. I do. Yeah. yeah so we get. Uh, so we get about twelve guys. So. But four tomorrow, and then the other yeah. eight roll in on Saturday to golf. Exactly. And then we come back from golf, and I go squirrel hunting again. Exactly. Right. Because everybody be, be hungry. Well, yeah. And who doesn't love a, a good squirrel dinner after a day of golf? <laughs> I, I can see myself getting into a little squirrel snack on like Why the, not? the 10th tee. Yeah. Ooh. Like squirrel jerky? Squirrel wraps. <laughs> <laughs> so how long? Can you bring a dehydrator so we can make some jerky? Yeah, and yeah. you look at the back of your truck, see if I can bring a dehydrator. <laughs> I could, I couldn't bring a. I'm lucky if I can fit my uh, socks in there after after what you've done. So uh, so we're heading up there. That'll be fun. It's a really really good country up there. I hunted deer up there a couple times with John just because we were there, not spending a whole lot of extra time doing it. But I'll tell you, I saw more moose sign than deer sign up there. That's, yeah. Because it's very hilly, and uh, you know, it's it's I wouldn't call it mountainous, but it's it's foothills. It's you know, it's pretty good stuff. So I'm looking forward to that a lot, and uh, just being out in the woods always. Right, and we know this. Come squirrel hunt with me. Yeah, you can't pull the trigger. No, you can, no, I, I can. I yeah. can spot them. Though. Oh yeah, right. boy, God yeah. knows you can spot them. <laughs> we won't talk about chipmunks and BB guns. All right, that's not necessary. No, I can so. tell you. That. So uh, you know, I know we talked about that this during a previous podcast, but um, uh, there's a lot of bear up there, too. Well. And, uh, yeah. you know, that, that one rogue bear that was wandering around downtown Manchester, yeah. <laughs> they, they relocated him to that exact spot. Yeah, and folks, check out my Instagram page from, oh, God, I don't know. It was probably, I probably posted it two months ago, but we're standing next to the sign. And what's the sign say, Charlie? There's a picture on the side. It says, uh, Kearsage Wildlife Management Area, New Hampshire Fish and Game Department. And uh, I was watching that episode of Northwoods Law and uh, watched the guys drive right by Johnny's camp and uh, go right by this sign. And, uh, <laughs> and drop and, a nuisance bear. That's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, it's very comforting when I'm out there in uh, my underwear. Right. Relieving myself in the middle of the night. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny because you with my headlamp we're taking the picture and you go did you know they and you told the story and i said you know now you tell me i'm not i'm not sporting the uh the sidearm that i'd like to carry so um well, i'll tell you after seeing some of those moose tracks and how deep they were in the snow i'm more afraid of them they're bigger than my car no they're uh well god knows that and we will have a moose episode coming up if i can convince brian to come on and talk about he's he's had one epic moose hunt the second one was great. The third one was a, a good moose hunt, you know, the typical main moose hunt. But he's got a, two really good stories, and so does Jack, our friend Jack. And I uh, just can't get Brian. He's just uh, he just doesn't like to talk. Hey, you know? moose moose talk with Brian. Moose talk. So it might be moose talk with Pestle Pete and Jack and yeah. Dave and so. Yeah. So we uh, so we, I'm looking forward to to, to cutting loose a little bit tomorrow and well, doing that thing. You know, I can kick back. I can pretend I'm Brian. We can shut the camera off. There and then go. you just talk and I just go, mm-hmm, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, that's, that's right. right. I'll just talk and you acknowledge. Yeah. That would yes. be great. Exactly. That's pretty much what Brian would do because he doesn't want to talk about it. So. No, um, he's just shy. He's not, I, he's reserved and he's just, he said, why should I talk about that stuff? I don't need to talk about that. I said, Brian, we've had the Pesto Pete Posse 
wants to hear about it. The they love this stuff. The posse is in need. Do it for the posse. Posse. The posse. Do it for the posse. When did you, did you move to New York? <laughs> from Long Island. What exit? What exit? Do it for the, the posse. The posse. So, uh, so it should be fun. Anyway, um, we talked on a previous episode about your... And I, I, I thought more and more about when I asked you what your first hunt would be. And it was so perfect what you said. You said, turkeys. I'd love to hunt turkeys. I think that'd be kind of cool. And I, I, it's funny. I don't consider certainly turkeys big game. Yeah, well, squirrel, um, squirrel never came into my, my mind. But, you know, you, you might sway reasons. me. Yeah, you might sway me tomorrow. Mm. I do like to eat turkey, but can't see myself eating that, that uh, squirrel. But well, I'm going to tell you. I might have a little taste. This ain't this ain't a cooking show, but I'm going to tell you what I did two weeks ago. Went down to uh, Jamestown, as you know, for opening day at bow season at Jamestown, Rhode Island. Dave's cousin at home on, on Jamestown, they were down. And I brought turkey from my spring kill. And I made a turkey schnitzel, wild turkey schnitzel. So what I did, just so it's just, turkey tends to be really tough, wild turkeys, because they fly. Not like domestic turkey that's... You know, they clip their wings and they walk around for they have six months. Very muscular legs. <laughs> yeah, which you know, that's why those drumsticks are so big. And which makes them edible because <laughs> a wild turkey is almost impossible to eat the legs. It's so sinewy and everything. Because <laughs> when they walk around, they're not walking; they're running. So I took, I sliced it against the grain, pounded it out like veal. The the cut cutlets were maybe eight inches across. Breaded them, did a panko, did a, a mushroom gravy with them, and on some egg noodles. Perfect. Wow. Tender, perfect. You Is that how you're going to do the squirrel? I know the squirrel. Wait to see the squirrels. <laughs> hey, can so, I bring the turkey fryer? Because I, I definitely would eat the, the squirrel if it's fried. If we fried it. Yeah. Well, I, I kind of plan to do kind of a fry. I was going to bring a cast iron skillet and, and kind of... We got room for that? Uh, there's one up there, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it's got to be one. Uh, yeah, there. Uh, on, on the... What did they call it? A Franklin stove? Yeah. The stove that literally this cabin was probably built around. Yeah, absolutely. Because that, there's that, no way to put that through a door. Like yeah, that definitely went in there before they they built one of the walls. What a beautiful piece of work that is. And it's a, it's a shame you told me that they used to leave a lot of their equipment up there, guns and and uh, clothing and hunting stuff. And, and, you know, unfortunately, it's on a pretty popular snowmobile trail. Yeah, pretty popular it's, hiking trail slash logging road logging road so it, yeah. it can attract people and they get all the shit stolen which makes me sick it's just too bad but, yeah but you remember, you remember it was probably and I was deer hunting that that year with John seven or eight ten years ago yeah and we came back for lunch and we're having lunch you're, you're cooking on the on the open grate and burgers or something and by the way don't forget the sausage meat yeah my wife just opened the fridge and Oh my God, what is that? (laughs) That's a three pound chub of sausage meat. But uh, so we remember sitting on the picnic table and all of a sudden this guy and his girlfriend, a girl, a gal came by and they're dressed, they had like, they had like light brown, like fleece shirts on and two L.L. Bean models yeah, right. ready to walk through the yeah. woods during yeah. hunting season. I think uh, he had a beret on too, you know. He definitely had a scarf. Scarf. <laughs> and we're like, excuse us. Yeah. Where are you going? Oh, going for a hike. Really? Do you know it's deer season? Mm-hmm. Remember they stopped and we handed them. Might not want to wear that brown hat with brown the hat. white stripe up the back. <laughs> kind of looks like a deer's tail. Yeah, Just we had, saying. But we ended up giving them two chintzy little orange vests and say, hey, if you want to go wear these. I remember John and I said, don't come back this way. Keep them. If you come back, drop them off. I think they dry. I don't remember, but I think they might have dropped them off. But it's just amazing how people, you know, they're going out for a nice hike. Look at some foliage and they're in rifle season in New Hampshire. Yeah, I went up there during deer hunting season and uh, to go mountain biking on all these oh, yeah. logging trails. And, you know, my uh, cousin and I, and, uh, uh, you know, we all made sure that we had on a lot of orange because uh, yeah. even though we were making a moderate amount of noise, it was uh, it was pretty fun to go through the woods. And I told you that, that. I flushed all the grouse. grouse. And, well, uh, grouse are open, and I can shoot them with a twenty-two. If I get grouse, we'll be fighting over that meat. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's best meat in the woods. Yeah. It and was wild a, turkey has the same flavor as grouse, but unfortunately you can't get it un, unless you do what I did to it. It doesn't get as tender. You know, I've done wild turkey stew, which works really well because it's low and slow. But, um, but grouse, I mean, when Colin was a baby, I shot a lot of grouse when he was one, two, three, four. 
and there was much more around Massachusetts than there are today. And uh, I would make like breaded cutlets and I'd eat it, you know, like we were eating chicken and he'd snarf that stuff down. He loved it, <laughs> which is, reminds me of a story. I don't think I've told this story. but uh, I hope not because it sounds like we're repeating ourselves a lot tonight. But You think? Yeah. No, no, I think we're expounding. <laughs> we're just bringing it to the next level. That's right. That's right. Right. And we need to. We need to keep this alive. And if you're listening, keep listening because there's going to be better and better stuff because we get a really good one. Yeah, we're going to have some up. stories after this week. Oh, yeah. We might have to do a podcast Monday. Yeah, the squirrel hunt, the uh, some grouse. The squirrel. I mean, we'll all be yeah. so full. We have to yeah. wait till Tuesday, maybe. Yeah. You, know so what, full. you know what the grouse are attracted to? What's that? Molson Golden. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Well, we may have to. Yeah. We is it illegal? Fill to, that void. Is it, is it illegal to bait them? No, no. Yeah. Little bowls of molson gold. Yeah, <laughs> we could do that. They come up and they start sipping that, and then they yeah. Start but how bad would I feel? Bumping shooting, into each other, shooting a grouse that can't fly. No, he can't fly, but he's having a time of his life drinking molson gold. And fly you, I. How would you like to be at the Eagle Brook and I come in and shoot you? I mean, think about it. Fly UI. <laughs> Flying on F U I. F U I. Flying under the influence. Yeah. So or, anyway, I, or at least trying to. Yeah, I I don't think I, mean, I again, I don't know how these maybe by having different guests on and things, but I don't know how they keep track of everything they say. But I don't think I've told this story. And if I have, listen to it again, because it's not a bad story. So mm-hmm. years ago, oh yeah, you 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 take your little nap and I'll tell the story. <laughs> so years ago, um, Right down the road from us is a private hunting club, and they stock pheasants and things like that. Not things like that. They stock pheasants. There's no other things, pheasants. And when they shoot at them or whatever, flush them, they end up, um, the birds that aren't hit congregate. And they congregate under these hemlocks on the side of 115 by the Charles River. Believe it or not, folks, the Charles River, check my Instagram page, the Charles River runs right by where we live, all the way to Boston. It's... uh, it's a pretty neat river, although it's pretty polluted up this end from all the industrial uh, waste and so forth. But it's getting cleaner. Yeah. So I used to go by there with the kids. We called it Pheasantville. And we used to count. And you would go by in the early early um, days of the hunting season. It would be 15, 16, 18, 20. And then it would get up to like 60. Wow. They'd be, and they'd, they're under these hemlocks because it's perfectly comfortable. Yeah, know? and there's a fence on one side that butts up to the road. So... Yeah, at one point there is, yeah. but there's another, which leads me to my story. So I went one day, I was doing something by myself. So I said, oh, I'm going to drive by Pheasantville. So I drive by and I get over to Charles and they're all on the left. And I look on the right and there's this big cock pheasant standing there. And I'm like, dude, you're definitely on the wrong side of the road. I don't know what you're doing over there. In fact, that long Why? tail, see that long tail, that tail feather right there? That's his. Why did the cock pheasant cross, cross the, the street? Because he was stupid. So anyway, <laughs> I go, that's not good. So I drive up. I turn around. Oh, we have a visitor. Oh, hey, Luca. Hey, Lukes. So I drive up, turn around. And as I'm coming back, the pheasant's still on the right. And he decides to take, uh, on my left now, decides to take off. So he takes off just as a pickup truck comes. It hits the pickup truck coming my way in the windshield. Tumbles over the pickup truck, lands right next to my driver's side door. I hit the brakes, throw it in park, pick up the pheasant, <laughs> pop the trunk, throw him in the trunk, drive home, breast him out, start do, 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 got the breadcrumbs on while I'm cooking. Was he dead when you pulled him out of the trunk or was he? Like... Uh, when I pulled him out of the trunk, he was. Yeah. <laughs> when he was in well, the trunk. Well, he was probably dead, but you know how birds are. I mean, you can pull a chicken's head off and they run around for 25 minutes, but... So he he did a little dancing in the trunk and finally settled down. <laughs> so yeah, so I get Colin comes home from somewhere. He's probably ten or eleven. He goes, Dad, what, what do you got? And I go, Oh, pheasant. He goes, Oh, you shot a pheasant today? I said, mm, Not exactly. <laughs> I said, It's an F one fifty kill, and uh, I'm I'm not proud of it. The other guy might be, but he didn't get the you know the fruits of his labor. I I ended up harvesting the animal. So so we ended up having it for lunch, and his buddy Brian ended up coming over and had had a you know, a slice of the filet, and then it was funny. It was just, it was perfect. I mean, hey, otherwise, fresh fox, fox food, yeah. you know, coyote food. Fresh pheasant. Mm. Uh-huh. Delicious. So, mm. um, you know, I, I, you say about the trunk and things flopping around, and Christ. What did the inside of that trunk look like? 
<laughs> a little feathery mess. We got it was a company car. <laughs> I traded it in. <laughs> I, uh, a long time ago, we used to hunt this place in Sterling. Great grouse, great, great, like hilly country. Really a lot of we had a lot of fun. Woodcock, grouse, and I say grouse, folks. You know, um, rough grouse, or as we call them up in Maine, you know, partridge, partridge. So um, we were out there one one. Uh, Saturday, uh, Grisky and I, and my buddy Kenny was coming down the next weekend to go to Connecticut to hunt for a couple of days, and I wanted to make him a game dinner. So I'm walking through, and we're going to get a grouse or two, and maybe some woodcock, and that'd be great. And it was a slow morning, and we came over this one ridge, and down by this stone wall. It's old farm country. It's really beautiful. And uh, we get into this swamp, and um, I'm looking in the swamp, and I see white. And I look, and I went, it was a snowshoe hare that already went winter phase. Oh, wow. But it wasn't winter yet. So it's like it's like this white thing in the swamp. So I said, Chris, I got a, I got a snowshoe over here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, because I wanted to make dinner, you know, when Kenny comes out. So I take the shotgun, boom. And he's 15 yards away, maybe, probably closer than that. And he starts the, the, the rabbit flopping thing. I mean, oh, yeah. this, this, and they're big. Oh, yeah. And he's flopping, I don't know. Two, three feet out of the wind, it's water, it's marsh, it's these yeah. hummocks and tussocks and this and that. And he's splashing all over. Finally, I'm, and I'm trying to catch him. You know, I'm like bouncing all over the place. Finally, I grab him. He's critically wounded. I put him in my game bag in my vest, and he's not done. Yeah, he kicked the shit out <laughs> oh of your kidneys for <laughs> the next half hour. I'm walking, and he's <laughs> kicking me, kicking me, kicking me. <laughs> just die. Could you just die? And, and, uh, he finally expired, and uh, the crazy thing was I brought him home, and I had never killed a rabbit before because he really had no need. So I said, I'm going to clean him up and make a nice catchatory out of him, you know, do like a hunter style. So I bring him down to my workbench, which is 15 feet from where we were sitting, and I start gutting him. And the amount of blood that came out of that rabbit, I, I thought, you know, it was going to be a trickle here and there, and it must be there, fast switch, muscle fiber kind of stuff. And I'm like trying to corral the blood. I'm trying, <laughs> <laughs> Holy Christ. The thing isn't that big. It looked like I, you know, like was cleaning movie. a musk ox, you know, <laughs> like a horror movie. So, um, and it actually ate really well. Uh, it was a really good, really good dinner. But uh, Oh, I thought you meant it had eaten well prior to your killing it. Well, <laughs> it ate well for us. And it probably ate well for us because it ate well in its own little, little life, you know, so... Mm -hmm. So it's good stuff. So, um, but going back to your original thought of your first hunt, turkey, they're kind of faceless. They're nameless, nameless <laughs> for the most part. Although we have one called Tommy Two Feathers that we nicknamed because he had his ass kicked every day for three weeks. He had two feathers left on his ass. And uh, we'd go up and he was a pretty good sized bird but he was obviously not the dominant bird in that flock well then there's the bearded lady yeah the bearded lady <laughs> but we'll talk about her in a minute but or maybe not so Brian and I were in the we're in our hunting area and we we come up upon it's an area he couldn't shoot and he is I go oh there's this bird right there Brian he, oh yeah so we pull up and I hit the call and at that point you know he's he's kind of dormant he's not not in strut and he goes into strut and Two feathers come up. <laughs> Two tail. So picture a turkey fan, right? A big half circle of feathers. And all of a sudden, two. Like two buck teeth. Two buck teeth. And then they, they, so then they, then they, uh, oh, hold on, folks. Uh, that's too funny. That is too funny. Sorry, water two, pump. Water pump went on. Two feathers. So, so he'd, go, he'd go back down and flatten out. So it looked like he was making a peace sign. Yeah, right. Yeah. So that, that's what it looked like. <laughs> So maybe, maybe that's what he was doing. Maybe he had all his feathers. He just said, I'm a piece. I don't want to get shot. So, uh, so you know, we'd sit there for, you know, a couple seconds, let him settle down, and we'd hit the call again. Poof, two more feathers. His feathers would come up again. It was so funny. So we nicknamed him Tommy Two Feathers. Um, but, uh, yeah. No, so so turkeys are kind of one of those animals where you don't make that mammal connection to. Like, people say, how can you kill a deer? They're so pretty. And they're so this, you know, they, they're, they're, you know, yeah, artistically know, built, and that's the thing with turkeys. I don't have an emotional attachment to them until Thanksgiving Day, <laughs> and then I have an extreme emotional attachment. The to love anyone comes near my plate, 
<laughs> I've seen that. They could get they could get bitten. I remember you at Thanksgiving in your house, and you guys ran out of turkey. You had a big crowd over. Yeah. And uh, I remember you calling me, saying, "I'm coming up." And I said, "For what? For turkey?" And I remember like unlocking the doors on it because I didn't I didn't want you to kick the doors off the hinges because <laughs> I saw I saw it in your eyes coming down the driveway that it was going to get ugly. Well, the last few years we've been doing two turkeys and one in the oven and, and one in the uh, fryer and uh, oh I love the fried turkey it's so good. Yeah, Kaiser does them up at we have a, a Thanksgiving dinner up in Maine that camp's only a month away which is going to be cool and. Uh, he does a Thanksgiving dinner and he does two small, smallish hens, 12 or 14 pounds, and he deep fries them. And then we, the awesome thing is, and then after dinner, so you got the turkey, you got the squash, you got the potatoes and the gravy. Then the crew gets into action and makes wraps for the next hunting day. Oh, wow. So nice. every, every hunting day is wraps for your, for your game pouch from dinner the night before, and that's the best one. Yeah. Although I brought a veal roast last year that must have weighed 12 pounds. That was a pretty good dinner, too. That's a good wrap. <laughs> that's a, a good wrap. It made for a very good wrap. In fact, I, I think I ate my wrap on the couch that day. <laughs> but, uh, so that, that's a, that's going to be a fun camp in a month. I wish you could go, but uh, that's that's way up there, seven, seven and a half hours from where we sit. And I've got a special special treat. For camp this year, which you helped. Uh, yeah, tell us about it. Tell the listeners about uh, your project. If you don't mind, because I, I don't like to talk. I'm, I'm really shy. Yeah. But, uh, so, I was in Bermuda with Brian and his wife, and Noelle, my wife, and uh, Wednesday in Hamilton, Wednesday evening, is, um, stop, yeah, we're trying to record folks, and we just lost it on, on the recording. I have to figure that out. But, um Wednesday in, in Hamilton, they shut the street down in Bermuda, and they have bands, and they have local vendors. I saw a guy, an Italian guy, making sandals, like, by hand, mm. a custom sandal. Like, you sit down, you fit your feet. It was unbelievable. I watched him for 15 minutes, and it was unbelievable. And I had just recently come back from Italy, so I kind of little... And he was from Florence, originally, and that's where we spent most of our time. But um, So we were... Brian and I said, well, this is fun, but I'm thirsty. So we went into this, it was a coffee bar, but you ordered beer at the bar, and then you walked upstairs, to, and that's where you kind of, the lounge was. So I'm up there, and having a beer with Brian talking, and um, I went into the user men's room, and the urinal was a beer keg, like a nice. full-size beer keg. Nice. And, you know, all fully plumbed and everything. And I took a picture of it, sent it to a bunch of people, yourself, and some guys at camp, or all the guys at camp. And then about a month later... One of the guys from camp, Herb, whose name is not, no, his name is Herb, but we call him Reggie. Reggie's in Ireland, and he takes a picture of a, of a bathroom in Ireland with two of them. Mm. And he goes, these are great. So I send a text to the camp owners, chief and, and aunt. I say, hey, what do you think? Think I should build one of these for camp? Because right now at camp, the, um, the urinal is a trap door with a funnel in it. On the deck. On the deck. You walk out. Flip the door open, use the funnel, and it goes, just empties into the ground. Anthony's like, let me check with Chief. I said, Chief's, Chief is actually copied here, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> but you can check with him. <laughs> so not the, you know, a little technically challenged. So um, so we ended, I ended up, uh, they agreed. So I got a quarter barrel, one of those tall, skinny ones, if you know, as you know. Took a quarter barrel. And ended up with, I don't know how many blades it went through, sawzall blades and jigsaw blades, metal blades, and cut the front of it open, took out the guts, drilled holes in the bottom, affixed with some caulking a, uh, an aluminum funnel with the articulated hose that goes down, and now I'm going to buy a tap for it to attach it to the top, and we're going to attach it to, the, to one of the uprights on the porch. Nice. And, it, it, and we, we lined the sharp area where, of course, for a urinal, you don't want any sharp areas for obvious reasons. <laughs> and uh, with that with that automotive weather stripping stuff, it's chrome. Door trim. Door trim. It came out It really, you know what? For what it is, I mean, it wasn't that difficult. The, the, the toughest part was cutting the metal. Yeah. And that stuff, I mean, that's a, that, what's that diameter? 10 inches? And that's a pretty tight circle. When that stuff came off, it was almost flat. That is, I don't know how they make those, but that thing is taut 
Yeah, and that, I wanted to that, bounce back. That metal's thick. And it's thick. And it's aluminum because I tested it with magnets, which is good so it won't rust. Yeah. But And I tested it. Yes. Did I tell you that? Uh, yeah. With a garden you know, watering can. No, oh, I, oh, I, I didn't you, test it. You know, a bunch of beers. The real test will it. be like, you know, mid, early November when we get up there. But I, I think it's 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 going to be kind of cool and, and kind of, you know, and they're the only two that know about it. And they, I think Dave knows about it. So. Sounds like Wookiee Dog's coming back yeah, down. Yeah, so. Welcome back, everybody. Although you probably don't realize we just got back, but we had a little interruption in the podcast with the water pump coming on. A beer and, break. And a beer break. Um, I don't know why we needed a beer break. Mm. That could be a that could be an ongoing thing. So we were just talking about, you know, turkeys and this, that, and the other thing. And I think it's time for me to ask you some questions. And I do have a question from a listener, by the way. So we'll get to that. It's not Bill from Kissimmee, is it? No. No, it's a, a young lady. So we'll talk about that in a oh, minute. I thought it was Ted from Dayton. <laughs> Ted from Dayton. Ted's, yeah, Dayton, Dayton. So anyway, you know, we, we talk about being out in the woods, being out there. And obviously, I feel like, you know, we were born, we were born maybe 100 years late, right? I feel like I was. Because I'm, I... I would love to be walking down the a dirt road in Oklahoma somewhere and, you know, and kicking up and going to the saloon and that kind of stuff. Yeah, but uh, we got a lot of amenities that we enjoy. Yeah. You're but, getting soft. Yeah. yeah. Getting soft. All right. What All right. do you got so, for me? What do you got? Favorite cowboy movie? Uh, Hang em High. Yeah. Yeah. Love Eastwood. Oh, how, yeah. Every one of them. Yeah, fistful of dollars. Uh, miss, all those, all those are great. Uh, Outlaw Josie Wales. Oh, yeah, that's a great. That's a good movie. Yeah, and and you know maybe not a cowboy movie so much, but um, Robert Redford, The Graduate. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember the cowboy part of that. Why am I? I just I just lost my train of thought. Because look, look at the door. The door of my man cave is bouncing because Luca Dog wants to come in. Oh, and that's hey. her saying, I want to come hey, in. Come on in. So, Charlie will hold the, the, the microphone for a moment. And we're going to let our dog in. Yeah, come on in there. Luca Dog is back. Come on in there, little boy. All right. Ooh. We know We know you love Uncle yeah, Charlie. Big stretch. Somebody. So, let me get my headphones on. So, yeah. so uh, she's doing the happy dance when Uncle Pesto Pete scratches her bum. <laughs> And uh, she is dancing around and stretching out. and That's a good dog right there. She loves the podcast. She so, likes to be part of it. So, yes. Jeremiah Johnson. Oh, yeah. That's a great... You know what? In fact, it was probably... Cone's 25. It was probably 15 years ago. I was... Saturday afternoon, which and I was sitting on the couch. Can you believe that? When the Christ do I sit on the couch on a Saturday afternoon? <laughs> I happen to sit down and I'm flipping through the channels in Outlaw Joe. I mean, uh, not Outlaw, um, um, Jeremiah, Jeremiah Johnson's. Johnson, Johnson, the, yeah. It was like the like two minutes in, and I I yelled, "Colin, Colin, come here, sit down." He goes, "Why?" And I go, "Watch this movie," and he was jacked. It was it was one of those father son moments. <laughs> you know, I I don't think we could spend ten minutes watching TV now because we have such different likes, but. Um, it was so cool to to watch that movie together. That's just a, such a great, great movie. And, you know, and, and unfortunately, I'm no filmography student or whatever, but there's so much meaning in that movie. I, I've heard podcasts about, you know, what everything meant and, and and things like that. And it's it's just such a great movie. Really, really good movie. But Yeah, when I think about uh, hunting movies, I think about The Deliverance. As Burt Reynolds does a little hunting, <laughs> a little archery practice. Got him sent a shot. Oh, right through the throat. That's a that's a that's a disturbing movie. And I've been to Baldwin, Georgia. They they filmed a lot of that in Baldwin, Georgia. And when I was uh, working for the chicken company, um, they had a plant in Baldwin, Georgia. And I, I didn't know Deliverance was was filmed there until the guy said, "These hills look familiar to you." And I'm like, don't, don't say it. I know what you're going to say. Don't say it. You can say it, but don't say it. And I said, why? Not really. He goes, they filmed. Yeah, right. 
That's a tough movie. Yeah, that's but tough. That's there's tough. a lot of a lot of symbolism in that movie that I don't get either. <laughs> yeah. But but you know, you, you be the judge. Look but, at you uh, and me turning into Siskel and Ebert. Here. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, wait. Which one's still alive? That's what I want to be. Oh yeah. So uh, so let's talk scary movies for a second. I want to you know not no go ahead not much. We can go movies. Yeah, I don't want to go. go movies. I don't want to get off the subject here. But, you know, Pestle uh, Pete's podcast. Everyone thinks it's a cooking show. <laughs> uh, high school. Um, got uh, caught up with the older kids. Wanted me to go to a movie with them. <laughs> I'm like, hey, this is cool. Older kids want me to go to the movies. What nice kids. Yeah. So uh, we ended up going to see this movie that just came out called The Exorcist. Oh. I heard a guy talk about that today. Oh, my God. And um, so, uh, uh, you know, there was some vodka involved <laughs> and some orange juice. Together? And, yeah. Oh, okay. And, and a little bit of marijuana. <laughs> and... In the screwdriver? Uh, no, no, no. Oh, okay. No, okay. I was going to no. say, that's kind of crazy. Along with it. Oh, okay. Here you go. And uh, let's just say that that combo with the Exorcist Oof. is a really, really, really bad combo. No, if you told me you had a big bowl of pea soup before the movie <laughs> and then didn't make it home before you ralphed out the side of the car. Mm. Now, I've, you know what? I'm going to tell you something. I'm not a scary movie guy. I've never seen The Exorcist. Uh, the scariest movie, in my opinion, that I saw, which was kind of a comedy, was American Werewolf in London. Wow. It sh- had its scary moments. I mean, it did a lot of suspenseful moments with, you know, stay on the road, stay off the moors kind of thing. And I, that one gave me the creeps, and I'll never forget. We went to, I went to that movie with my girlfriend, and she lived, her house had a, not a breezeway, but a closing area between the garage and the house. And... I was walking her to the door, and she said, oh, i got to get the key around back. And she wasn't afraid of anything. So I'm waiting at the door, waiting for her to come through the breezeway and unlock, you know, open the door for me. She went back around and jumped me from behind. Yikes. Ah! Probably the closest shit your pants moment I had to date. You know, I was like 18, 17, and I was like, oh my God, I'm a 90 year old guy ready to crap his pants. It was unbelievable how, how scared I was at that moment. But uh, but no, that I'm not a big scary movie guy. I'm a, I'm a certainly Clint Eastwood. I mean, Dirty Harry. Yeah. Um, you know, the police movies. The, my In fact, on my tablet that we're, we're actually recording on, my, uh, my, um, password is 2211. That's Dirt, his badge number. Dirty Harry's badge number. <laughs> Everybody should know that. <laughs> Why are you getting so close to the microphone? This makes me so sound cool. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm not that close, and I can't get much closer, because then we'll be, like, sitting together. We'll be, it'll be Izzy straddling. <laughs> I just want to kiss you. <laughs> hey, poor, can I, poor hey Joe. we're not in New Hampshire yet. <laughs> poor Joe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, wait till poor. we... Joe Namath, the lowest moment. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, we're talking about driving up to New Hampshire. I don't know if you remember this years ago. This is hilarious. You and I were driving up, and there were these two assholes in this Porsche, and they kept, like, changing lanes, flying by people, getting stuck in the slow lane again, and then flying by people and just complete assholes. And then past people on the breakdown lane, I remember that. Sure as shit. As soon as they came around the corner, New Hampshire State yeah, Trooper yeah, yeah, yeah. right there flips the lights on, and you and I are driving. I think you honked at him. Yeah, yeah, these two pricks honking the horn, going. <laughs> if I was, you, were, you were a wonderful ten minutes ago. Now you're you're going to the clink. Yeah, once. Um, yeah, finally justice. A cop in the right yeah, place once at the in a while, right time for no for to stop these. Idiot drivers. No kidding. Not like we've ever been idiot drivers. Not that bad. Those guys were just oh, out of control. No, I could tell a story about one of the guys at work, what he witnessed today, but I don't want to get into that so no, much. No, but, no. But, so, uh, so, yeah. So we got a big weekend planned. Yeah. Had a couple beers. Settle in. We got a little packing to do. So let me ask you, do you think you'll bring the 22 in your golf bag in case it's a new squirrels out on the course? You know, I, I think, actually, in New Hampshire, that's legal. <laughs> what, you know, a, a, it's par, and then one under par is a birdie. Right. What's a squirrel? Like, three under I par? I think a squirrel's a hole-in-one. Oh, hole-in-one. Squirrel. Squirrel. Well, because it's par, birdie, 
eagle, eagle, albatross, and squirrel. Squirrel. Squirrel's hole in one. But, but you could have an albatross, albatross, and squirrel. Say that ten times fast. You can have an albatross, albatross squirrel if you've got a hole in one on a par three. Nice. You know what I mean? Right? Yeah. Is that right? Well, we have someone do the math on that for us, please. <laughs> you know what I need? Uh... I need someone at pestlepeatspodcast at gmail.com to do the math on that and let me know. Please. I um, I need a new head cover for my driver. Oh. Maybe you could make one out of a squirrel. I think, you you know, now that drivers have gotten bigger. A couple squirrels. Probably a woodchuck. A woodchuck. <laughs> Beaver. <laughs> Beaver. Back, I'll never forget back in the day. And it's right over there somewhere. I've got the original Big Bertha, which I used to hit 300 yards. I yeah. could crush the ball. And that thing is now like a seven wood. Yeah. The head size. Right. I mean, the ones we swing four times I know. a year. Neil it, still hits one of those and still hits it 300 yards. It's unbelievable. Yeah, they're, they're just so, you know, and Craig, uh, no, no, what is his name? Uh, the Walrus. Craig. Sadler. 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 So he, at one point, was... Uh, you know, it was obviously on the regular tour, and it was on the the um, seniors tour. And they say, Craig, when you were um, on the regular tour, your average drive was three hundred one. On the seniors tour, it's three ten or something. That was made up, but it was he was shooting further, further as an older on the drive. golfer. And he's they said, what do you attribute to that? Now that guy had to swing around his belly the whole time, and he said, um, equipment. It's yeah. all about the equipment, the balls, the drive. You know, everything has changed so much. And I'll tell you, I've got a a really nice driver. I can't hit it like I used. And then again, mechanics and age and everything else. But still, I never hit that as far. It sounds better. It doesn't go as far. So I'm gonna. Get, I, I I might have to snag you a woodchuck or something a little bigger than a squirrel for that head cover. But uh, but the good news is it's gonna be relatively warm. Not like last year, which we froze our buns off. That was yeah. cold. But that was also about two weeks later than, than we are now. Almost three. Yep, that's so, correct. So we'll uh, we'll have a good we'll have a good weekend. But mm. um, just going back in, make sure everything's recording. So um, cool. You're picking me up at seven fifteen. Yeah. So we're gonna wrap up this podcast. We're yep. gonna head upstairs. We're gonna uh, uh, start Pack packing nice up. And, if uh, I can find space for it. Yeah, we'll make room for it. We'll yeah, no, yeah. A roof rack. Roof rack. <laughs> Put the rifles on the roof rack. Yeah. Yeah. And. Maybe what I'll do is if I can't if I can't corral Thirsty Mofo uh, into a podcast early next week, maybe I'll do a follow up podcast from the weekend's trip. Wow, that'd be kind of right. That'd be great. So I'm, stay I'm tuned. In. I'm in. Stay tuned. You win. I'm in. Monday, Tuesday. Oh uh, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, we'll do. Why not? Well, I think you know Monday I'll still be hungover. Tuesday, you know, Tuesday into Wednesday probably. Oh better. yeah, Tuesday you'll start eating again on Tuesday. <laughs> Getting your strength up. <laughs> yeah, the runs from that squirrel I ate. <laughs> yeah, it was, so, it was so unfortunate that time we went up and you, you had that bout with the bad olive oil. <laughs> <laughs> want me to tell that story? That's uh, up to you, Pete. If you want to embarrass your co-host, then you go right ahead. Uh, no, I think it's a public service announcement. <laughs> <laughs> I think we can we can handle it as a public service announcement. Okay, all right. So, so, so seriously, we, yeah, we you're Italian. You know olive oil. Yeah, yeah. Your family come clean though. Come clean. Was uh, it because we we don't yeah. typically drink that much when we're up there because we're busy and we're doing things. Yeah, well, this was and of course I'll be squirrel hunting, so we'll be no drinking. Yeah, I was young and dumb, but um. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, but honestly, it was a the olive oil had gone bad because we leave it in the cabin and it just the temperature, this yeah, place is, isn't yeah. insulated, so it's hot and cold and freezes and you know, thaws and whatever. And somebody cooked with that, and that was a big no no. And uh, I, I, I remember waking up and I used to sleep in the bunkhouse section. So, folks, just so you know, there's so you got your main cabin and then they built like a bunkhouse section. And Johnny Dean sleeps on near the bunkhouse, and he snores like an absolute animal. <laughs> and then next to him are, is it three or two? Uh, there's two bunk two beds bunk there, beds, yeah. Right, that bunks. Yeah. And then the wood stove is right there, which is so oh, it's so nice when that wood stove gets going. But um, so now I'm I hosey the the bed on the other end of the how I actually sleep in the kitchen, yeah. across the cabin. You sleep out out in the out in the uh, porch, but. So I'm sleeping in one of the bunks 
And I don't know what time I woke up to. And I hear this noise. And I said, holy Christ. I don't have a sidearm. I don't have a grenade. I have so nothing. Wild, wild boar. Something is going wrong fast. Wild boar. And it was, I got up, unlike the other eight guys, and I find you out front, in front of the cabin, retching. Wow. Oh, you were. It was epic. Yeah. It was epic. Yeah, it was. So, so obviously... An olive oil poisoning issue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so now uh, whenever we have any other issues, it's blame the olive oil. Olive oil. Blame the blame even, the Italians. Even though we don't leave any food items up there at all anymore, but uh, so you ended up getting back to bed. You somehow settled yourself in for the night. <clears throat> Next morning, we went to the Blackwater Cafe, which is now reopened, folks, in Andover, New Hampshire. Can't wait to say hi to Jen. Jen and, and, uh, and her, her brother, brother John. John. Yeah. Um, there are wait staff there. Great people. She is timeless. We've how long have we known her? Twenty years. Yeah. She hasn't aged. No. It's beautiful. it's it's weird. It's strange though. She's obviously Scandinavian or something. Yeah. But um, she um, because she has that Scandinavian look, but she hasn't aged. Right. You know, and and. Uh, Big Daddy will be up there. I think she stays away from the olive oil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like you should have. So we ended up going back there the next, well, on our way out the next morning, go to the, uh, we go to the Blackwater. And you say, ah, you know, I feel pretty good. I think I can eat. So we go in and you order your eggs runny. Big mistake. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so you get your eggs and you, uh, I don't know, took one or two one, bites. One bite. And you say, you know what? I got to go look for something in the car. We came out and you're over the hood of the van, just losing it again. So I come out and I said, okay. And he said, I can't drive. You're going to have to drive. I said, okay. Yeah. So I drove. Could not drive. So I drive down to Derry. I said, you know what, Charlie? I mean, Thirsty. That would be Derry, New Hampshire. Yeah. Everyone out of state. Oh, right, there you go. <laughs> Not yeah. a speaking, dairy farm. <laughs> speaking of, speaking of d- dairy, the dairy area, dairy area. So we pull in, I pull in a little convenience store off the, uh, off the, the, the highway. And I come out with your ginger ale. I thought ginger is going to fix everything, right? That, that's going to fix a, 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 an olive oil poisoning. And uh, you're not in the car. I'm like, where's John? I go around, I find... <laughs> I find you out by the dumpster, <laughs> puking again. Oh, man. So can I tell the rest of the story? <laughs> sure, I'll tell it. I'll tell so, it. Okay, go ahead. So, uh, you tell it. <laughs> He's driving along and he... No. No. It's not it. right. I you came it. around the dumpster. Yep. And I said, are you okay? Here's some ginger. And you said, I got some bad news. <laughs> You said, I puke so hard, I shit myself. <laughs> and you know what? Also known as the shard. <laughs> and I was, I, and I thought my Gandhi moment kicked in when peace in the world meant more to me. I said, don't you worry, big fella. You get in the passenger seat. I'll deal with this. Yeah. And I drove with my head out the window the whole way <laughs> You asked me if I wanted to go to the bathroom, and I said, no, I already, I already did. did. <laughs> and, and I'll tell you, that was a company car. Oh. It was a, a minivan, and I don't think anyone had ever sat in the passenger seat. It was brand new. It looked brand new. It smelled oh. brand new. It, it, it had never been touched. That's and funny. I... Soiled that <laughs> so bad. It. Oh no! I remember pulling up to your house because I you know, again here we are with with three weeks worth of gear for two days or whatever. And I remember pulling in and I pulled into your driveway. I had to, I had to get my stuff out and I pulled you in. And I backed the van in, and Meg came out. Was everything okay? And she was like, "I'm not doing this." And of course, she immediately thought you were just like severely yeah, hungover. Which it was probably a combination of oh, it was, it was a definite oil. combo. It but was. you were, it wasn't like you were trash. But um, oh my god, <laughs> uh, I remember driving. You know where, the, where we always go over that one spot in the highway where you always say, "Oh, they they row crew here." Yeah, right. That's whatever. Where is that? Like um, 
Concord, maybe? Uh, or? It's right outside of Bow. Bow. Yeah, Bow, New right, Hampshire. So yeah. Bow, Concord, right. Yeah. Whatever river that is or, or body lake. Body of water, yeah. Body of water. And I remember, I remember specifically, for some reason, right then, something bad must have happened. And I remember I have my head out the window, and I'm, I'm driving my head out the window for fresh air. And I looked across, and there was a crew boat. I'm like, oh, cool, crew. I'm like totally distracted, right, as I'm driving, because, oh, I had to, anything but what was going on in your lower half. But, uh, oh, oh, too man. funny. Oh, man. Well, too funny. Well, I gotta tell you, I don't think uh, I don't think the company got their money's worth when they traded that van in. But anyway, so let's wrap this up. Let's right, go back to the car. We're, and, we're uh, almost at an hour. We got packing to do. Looking forward to our weekend and uh, just having fun with the boys. And uh, hopefully, we'll have a follow-up episode talking about squirrel, the big old squirrel feed. And nice. just so you know, it's gray squirrel because red squirrels uh-uh. taste like shit. <laughs> yeah, you could say that. No, I guess they. They're, they're, can I say that? They call, you can, you can say. You can say anything you want on there. Look at the little stretchy dog. Um, no, they they eat a lot of pine, pine squirrels, and they um, they taste like pine. Mm. And here's an interesting fact I heard on a, to- a podcast that red squirrels and they're nasty. Red squirrels chatter at you. I mean, when you you don't spend a lot of time in the woods as much as I do, they chatter at you. And they're, they're nasty, right? They got an attitude. Not like a, a gray squirrel will kind of run and then make noise. Red squirrels kind of challenge you. Yeah. And they yeah. there was this area they were they were um, they were studying where the the uh, jackrabbit population was like declining rapidly, but the red squirrel population was increasing rapidly. And they started doing studies on red squirrels and found that they were eating the babies. They're like absolute carnivores. Wow. And they think they're probably less squirrel and more weasel. Um, you know, they've got some kind of weasel connection. So, but um, yeah. I know some guys like that. Yeah, yeah. squirrel or weasel. You, you take your pick. So so we will wrap this up. So, okay. All right. So we, we talked about Tony Casino. Great customer. He's going to be on soon, mid-October. All right. He's a, uh, he's a, a chef, a culinarian. We're going to talk about some cooking stuff. Yeah, yeah, maybe he can help us prepare squirrel properly. Uh, you know, I, I might reach out to him tonight before be he goes to bed. He's a Bring good, him a squirrel. He's a good dude. Let him cook it. He's a good dude. I, I went on a um, a trip with him a, a last fall to a, a hog plant, a uh, kill plant down in Pennsylvania. And just amazing. Hmm. The technology, the, the animal <clears throat> husbandry. I mean, it's still a kill plant, but it's, I mean, yeah. oxymoron, humane kill. <laughs> but it was, it was pretty amazing to see. And he, he's a good dude. In fact... One thing I didn't mention is his is the first time I saw his Jeep, he had a bumper sticker on it that said "I heart gluten," <laughs> and his license plate is bacon. Ah, nice. <laughs> He's a funny dude. So, so we'll look forward to an up, uh, upcoming episode with Tony. Don't forget Quiet Cat Q U I E T K A T dot com. If you go on their website, check out their bikes. Really cool stuff. Promo code P O P O like post office twenty percent. 20 in the percent symbol. Yeah. Number 20% symbol. 20% off any bike. And that doesn't sound like a whole hell of a lot. It's actually pretty aggressive. Um, good people support them. Uh, we were down the Cape. Uh, when was that? We were at Mike's. Oh. Uh, Two months ago? Yeah. Or so. And I saw a guy on one and I, I, hey, can I check out your bike? Well, it wasn't a quiet cat. It was some, some Chinese made knockoff. Because I can get you oh, one, you know. Oh, quiet rat. <laughs> yeah, it's actually said it's a quiet rat. No, and I said no, thanks. I, if I'm going to get one, I'm going to get a quiet cat. I'm going to buy. I'm going to buy American. And he's, he kind of gave me a look, and I walked away. But that's kind of how I feel. So support them. Great people. Um, we will have an upcoming giveaway on some quiet cat swag, nice. as well as pesto peach swag. Love the and, swag. Uh, yeah, gotta love swag. And uh, I, I have a. A picture I'll put on. Uh, I'll post on Instagram. So I follow think, me. I think I'm going to be wearing my Pesto Pete thong this weekend. Oh, so give it all away, <laughs> right? So I had I had some surprises for the listeners, and now you just gave it all away. All right. So hey, no. it's more thongs to be given out with the swag bags. <laughs> I, I, yeah. Well, the the logo's too big for thongs. <laughs> so uh, so in the front. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> okay. So follow me on Instagram at Pesto Peace Podcast. Follow me on uh, on or, or send questions and comments and things like that at Pesto Peace Podcast at gmail.com. Follow Quiet Cat 
Uh, be good listeners. Uh, Click you. on the farthest right star when you're listening to this podcast. I make no money at this. It's not a money-making endeavor. It's a popularity contest, and I need some friends. <laughs> well, maybe Ken and Dayton will call in next week. Oh, yeah. And, oh, yeah, that's right. And we have a question from a young lady. I'll save it for the next podcast. So All right, good. Follow-up good. podcast. We get, a, get a car to pack. And we get a car to pack. Yeah. All right, so folks. Thanks for listening, folks. I'm out. Pesto Pete. Turkey Mofo out. And remember, shoot straight, tight lines, squirrel.